Welcome back to the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, as always, Robbie Burke. And before we get into today's show, I just want to give a shout out to all of the show's sponsors. Firstly, upmentorship.com, which is one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. The Ultimate Performance Online Mentorship is 20 hours of top-class strength and conditioning information available for instant access right at your fingertips. To find out more, head over to upmentorship.com, which is linked up in the show notes, check it out, and help support the show. Next, I want to give a shout out to Altus360 and Altus Education, which are two outstanding online resources for any practitioner in the sports preparation profession. Be sure to head over to the show notes and check out these unique platforms. Next, I want to give a shout out to Yosef Johnson at Ultimate Alley Concepts. Ultimate Alley Concepts is a multifaceted company providing the most sophisticated scientific material in sports science. Ultimate Alley Concepts is the world's leading resource for translated sports preparation material. Next, I want to give a shout out to Papi's National Sports Performance Association, which is an online certification platform for professionals within the sports preparation profession. Currently, the NSPA has four certifications available. Speed and Agility, delivered by Lee Taft. Olympic Weightlifting, delivered by Will Fleming. Nutrition, delivered by Dr. Chris Moore. And Program Design, delivered by Coach Robert Dos Remedios. For more information on the NSPA, be sure to check out all of the links in the show notes. Finally, I want to thank another brainchild of Pat Beef's, Athletes Acceleration, which is another online medium that delivers excellent educational resources for strength and conditioning professionals. And just like with all of our other sponsors, head over to the show notes to get the links to all of the available products that Athletes Acceleration has to offer. A full disclosure, except for Altus360 and Altus Education, I am an affiliate to all of the show sponsors. Lastly, before we get into today's interview, I just want to let all the listeners know that the podcast is now on Patreon. If you feel that you are in a position to support the show, I would truly appreciate any donations you'd be willing to make to help support the podcast. Okay, that's enough rambling from me. Let's get into today's show. This episode's guest is Charlie Weingroff. Charlie needs no introduction as this is his fourth time on the podcast. You can check out the show notes for our previous three interviews. On this episode, Charlie and I discuss what's new with Charlie. I asked Charlie if he was offered an NFL position, would he accept it? Charlie tells us about his average working day. I asked Charlie to discuss three main topics that he covered in Training Equals Rehab 3, the snow globe, the six components to consider for sports mastery, which is now actually seven, and the four windows of success. Charlie discusses how staying within your box can lead to the wrong solutions regarding performance because you're asking the wrong question to begin with. Charlie and I discuss insecurity and ego within a professional setup. I asked Charlie, how can we go about hiring the right people? I asked Charlie about experience versus expertise and how important experience is to Charlie when hiring. I asked Charlie, what is the best way to judge someone's skill set when hiring? And finally, I asked Charlie if he could invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who would he invite and why? Guys, this is an outstanding episode with Charlie. I hope you really, really enjoy it. All right, Charlie, we're recording. So first off, thanks so much for making time. And yeah. uh, listen, nobody listening to this is uh, is not going to know who you are. I mean, you're you're a legend at this stage. 
But uh, let's just catch us up on what's been new. It's actually been one year since we spoke. It was July of last year, the last time we spoke, just when TR3 was coming out. So what's been going on in the world of Cherry Winegraft for the past 12 months? Uh, uh, let's see. So since July, um, we had a lot of uh, opportunities to, to work in the NFL. So um, I would, I'm sure everybody knows where and, and, and the primary player and players that I was working with uh, there. But rather than uh, put everything on blast, you know, I like to say uh, I, uh, every week, I would go down there and uh, work with that big giant dude. Uh, and, and that was really exciting because that's a, you know, I've been working with uh, that particular player, uh, you know, probably since 2011 in varying degrees. And, uh, and, and, you know, as he, uh, certainly he's still at an age that is, and he's still, you know, ranked very, very highly at his position, um, even though I think he turned 31 this year. Um, yeah, tried to, you know, we, we, with uh, some other folks that, you know, we built his performance team, uh, you know, working with him on a, on a weekly basis during the season, mm. uh, turned into uh, really being, uh, the, the team made me feel very, very welcome. And maybe the, the, the clinical stuff is all just specific to him or, or maybe what some of the other players uh, would, would need uh, to perform on a weekly basis. But uh, I, being, being uh, primarily uh, paid by the players, uh, even though I did uh, get some pay from the team, uh, it, it was very interesting you know, to the point where uh, it was like very, very strong considerations in including a lot of the principles that I talk about with the team. And uh, very, you know, had many, many conversations, positive conversations with the head coach and the GM. And they, uh, they just made me feel like I was part of the team. Mm. And even the GM at some point said, uh, you know, like, Charlie, you should be commended, you know, for how you have uh, conducted yourself and to, to fit in into their organization and their culture. But the head strength coach, you know, he was the key. He made everything click. Uh, he wanted me to be a part of the organization more than just working with a player. And maybe the one little piece, to, to, you know, without getting into specifics, is is a very very similar to some other public situations, except we weren't very public about it. Uh, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Most people listening, they know what I'm talking about. But I'm sticking with the plan here, and this is it, the names and organizations that are, are relevant. And um, around the same time, when you know other uh, happening with other teams in New England on how certain players have their own guys, and and when they are welcomed into the building, you know, it's an interesting thing where. Uh, I remember having, uh, you know, telling the GM at, at one point, like, I'm not sure this is even a great idea. And, and we, we like each other. We trust each other. And, you know, but I, I could, you know, I'm playing with $200 million of your toys. And if something goes sideways, I walk out the back door and call an Uber. Um, that's not a play for me to become an employee of the team because uh, that's probably, um, you know, it, it might fit into my goals, but that wasn't the play. Uh, whereas in other situations, uh, the public stuff that even came out and stuff that I'm, I'm privy to that didn't come out in New England uh, with a similar level of a superstar player having his own uh, guy, if you will, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting road. And even going back to um, my uh, years in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. um, I remember Kenny Thomas, who at that point wasn't really – a major factor really in terms of, 
you know, NBA uh, hierarchy of players. He had his own guy, but he wasn't allowed on the plane, but he was allowed in the weight room. And it's a, um, you'll see this in other sports where there's this suggestion that your own guy has your interests. Um, very, very interesting um, where, uh, you know, obviously the guys that hold the full-time positions usually get kind of fussy with these types of suggestions. And I remember doing a podcast uh, talking a little bit about this stuff and one of the it was with a couple different guys and they said yeah like you know I talked to the pro guys and like they get really really frustrated um, with with these uh, you know outside people that are handling players and they only listen to them I'm like well if, if we're really going to analyze the situation and this is one of the discussions that we had with the GM is like well why are the these players doing this are they just looking to be pandered to they just want to be placated to uh, or maybe your guys suck and uh, maybe the players are looking for things. Like they, we have to be able to say that. They like, yeah, yeah. do suck, even though probably in a lot of situations. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to um, you know, one of these Sunday morning talks. I don't remember who was doing the interview, but it was both of the Hasselbecks. So I don't remember if Matt or Tim said it on ESPN. I think it was uh, um, – I think Tim was the less successful player. He was been on ESPN a little bit longer. And they were talking about this very topic about, you know, again, you're asking me what I've done a lot of in the last year of being, you know, um, you know working with NFL players privately, but mm. very, very closely with the organization. And he came out full, full blast and, and said something that I don't even really say because it doesn't, it doesn't get me anything. He was like, I don't know, but this is, this is, this is uh, one of the Hasselbecks. I don't remember which. He's like, listen, I don't know if a lot of people out there really know this, but the, the people that the NFL teams hire really aren't the cutting edge guys. They, he was talking about he did his own program, and uh, you know the, the people that that are that they have access to through the teams. And look, we all know different teams and how sometimes very surprising it can be at the level. But hey, they have a job and they pay their bills and feed their family. It doesn't always mean they have to be good at their job. Like those aren't like. Yeah, I think a lot of times when we talk about opinions on the quality of someone's work, now, if it's a question and it's just conversation, I don't really understand why that gets people upset. Um, but it does, yeah, because they can't really separate. Like, you're, like, just because you're not good at your job uh, doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that, yeah, but, but that's how people take it. Like, yeah, if, yeah. if I say, you know, so-and-so is, is garbage, um, here's my reasons why. You know, that's like saying, you know, I don't like a green shirt. Like, what difference does it make? But people take that to be very, very personally, uh, particularly through the, the travels that I've had through the different sports that I've been a part of. We had none of that, you know, when I went down there every week. And I felt welcome. And I, I conducted myself in such a way um, and, you know, used a lot of the strategies that, you know, you, you read about, um, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I was really, uh, really blessed to uh, have a, you know, almost like a, a like a clean slate in another sport, but, but a lot of the people there, like they were really welcome that, mm -hmm. that I was there like, dude, this is awesome. Like so-and-so is paying, is paying for you, but we get access. You're like an unpaid, you know, employee here. And yeah, you know, but that would never happen in other places because, and, and I think, I think the NFL is a little bit more welcome to that process because it's just, a, it's just generally a more humble workplace. You know, to play the game of American football, the, the amount of punks is much, much less than in other sports. It's just the way the game is played. Like, you have to be, you know, some like – if you're not the right kind of person, particularly when you play inside the box, uh, you know, the, the linemen and the linebackers, if you don't do your job, uh, 
you you you'll you, you'll likely fail at the task. You might get hurt, and the guy next to you might get hurt. Mm. It takes a special person. Now, I think the further the further you get away from the box, the further away you get from center, yeah, you know, you're going to find certain players that are very similar in their attitudes and their beliefs as other sports because you know they're playing on an island. Like they they're they 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 have to have that little bit more of an edge. But even then, um, you know, nothing like nothing like basketball. And then you know the the the, the culture, et cetera, where uh, I, I recently had um, uh, th- here, here this this will this will probably make you, you smirk, and, et cetera. I had I had a, a very very good friend. I was really disappointed that he did this, but he was just doing his job. Uh, his director asked called me uh, to find out uh, a recommendation for. Uh, an NBA player uh, that would have been paid, uh, the services would have been paid by the team and asking me for recommendations for, for therapists in New York City. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm allowed to say that, uh, um, you know, as far as being experienced in the game of basketball and, and physical therapy, you kind of going to look for other three other people other than me. That was very, very insulting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't lose any sleep. But, you know, you you dig away at it a little bit because that director was so scared that somehow my communication or my interventions was going to make them look bad. And 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 again, we're not going to talk about the name, but but what a dirtbag, because if 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 you're not if you're going to eliminate someone not based on the skills and based on your your personal fears of of how somebody might fit in, uh, not only ask your employee to do that, but you know, are you really looking out for the best, uh, you know, of your player, the best interest of your players, or are you just looking to protect your role? And again, none of that happened uh, with us, based on you know the, the right people. And you just keep learning about leadership and all the. Everybody has all these different mantras and cliches, et cetera, et cetera. It all comes back to having the right people. Things are really, really easy when you have the right people. And uh, so that was a big part of the NFL season. Uh, and then I, I don't know that there was really anything new. Um, you know, uh, well, we, I think we talked about it probably last year because I was working with uh, Milos Ronic at that time. So, you know, still you know, a little bit of distance now, but, uh, you know, as we get you know, very excited about how he performed uh, on the grass, uh, made it to the finals, I think, in Stuttgart, which was um, uh, one of the warm-ups for Wimbledon made it to the quarters, and it really looked good. Looked good doing it. You didn't mm. just squeak through. So we're excited. Now you put, you put him on hardcore, um, and, and so I'll, I'll, I'll see him when, uh, when he gets ready for the U.S. Open here in New York. Uh, Canada basketball, we finished, the, we finished the, um, the, the first round. Only one team was going to get eliminated. If that happened to have been us, um, pigs would have been flying. So luckily we took care of business. In the Americas, uh, there was no undefeated team, so we were five and one. There was a couple other five and ones, but we had the highest point differential. Uh, so all of that stuff carries over into the next rounds. So we've got um, uh, we play Brazil in uh, in uh, September. We'll play them in uh, in uh, Montreal, and then I just saw the travel where I believe we have 19 hours of travel to go from Montreal to somewhere in Chile. Uh, on the second game of that window. And then, uh, then we'll, we'll go in November, February, and hopefully we'll have enough points accumulated by uh, maybe even before February 
to be able to go to China for the world championships. And the way basketball works is a lot similar to global football, where you accumulate all these points, you know, throughout all these windows, where in basketball, it used to only be in summer and like a tournament and the way you would uh, qualify for world championships. Uh, and in basketball, they, they call it the World Cup, but it, it, it's the World Championships <laughs> and, uh, and the Olympics. So that, you know, that's the pro sports stuff. And I always, you know, still have private offices and uh, now in New York, New Jersey, uh, two, two in New York, different locations. You know, I, I moved up to Connecticut, so I've got a spot there. So it's uh, still the relative um, same, same metropolitan area. Uh, so the folks that travel far, I still pretty much see them. I drive in uh, in the city, yeah. uh, but I moved uh, a little bit above the city uh, to, to to Connecticut, and uh, so it's uh, uh, like uh, right before we went on. Um, yeah, sometimes I'm busier than what I would prefer, but uh, this is uh, a lot of the cool stuff that maybe since the last year, um, you know, that that uh, that we've been uh, we've been working on. So basically, you're not that busy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I didn't know you moved to Connecticut. That's great. And um, just a, a question for you: If you were offered an NFL position with a team, would you would you highly consider it? I think we were we were you know very close to something like that with uh, with where I was. Uh, my I, I think part of the the hesitation on both sides is my commitment to the to, to the big guy is probably more than my interest in something like that. Mm. Uh, but it would, it, would, yeah, it would have to be a very particular um, package of, of things. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, really uh, almost transitioning, not necessarily to a front office role that you know, would be traditional, but rather being able to bring the front office, the coaching staff, and what the NFL is often called that is downstairs, you know, because the offices of the front office folks are upstairs, the weight room and the training room and, and the, and the meal hall and the players lounge and locker room is always downstairs. I really have had a vision of bringing that together, which is really what most, if not all uh, organizations um, in pro sports or even outside of pro sports, it's like creating this one, one brain that has all this artificial intelligence and then many, many different uh, arms to execute tasks, which I know we were talking about was a big piece of what I put on, uh, on T equals R3, um, as far as what I considered a high performance program. You know, asking, you know, the questions you didn't know you had leads to the solutions you didn't know you needed, with a little credit to Dave Tenney, who I think uh, got me on that line a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I, I would, um, but every year that goes by, you know, um, it's it's uh, somewhat exciting to get pulled on a lot, and uh, I probably continue to need to get better at deciding when to let go when someone pulls on me. But yeah, if it was if for that particular organization, we actually had some very serious discussions about mm -hmm. that, and uh, it would have it would have to be a big step for any organization. I think there's a there's probably some teams I can't think of any in the NFL, uh, but definitely in the NBA, definitely in the MLS. Um, I don't know so much about the, you know, the different, uh, you know, the, the, the global football teams, you know, but one person, whether they're called the assistant GM or not, uh, that's the role where they are responsible, you know, for, for all business operations mm. of medical fitness and science. And you see lots of folks that have director of performance and they're really a head strength coach. And again, that's not bad. 
um, to me, director of performance is like a middle management position that has the wherewithal in all ways, both from a human resources standpoint, but also clinical oversight of everything. And, and when you can have that, you know, not only you need the right people, you need the right plan, uh, but that, that's the money. That's, so if that opportunity existed, that's the one that I want to talk about. Um, that I, I don't, uh, otherwise, I'm really thrilled to be doing what I'm doing. You know, mm. I'm behind the walls of the, you know, I'm still in pro sports. You know, but, but, uh, and again, the, the, the Canada basketball situation is, is it. Um, you know, but, and then I, but I do think there's, there's several situations in the NBA where on paper that exists. Uh, but then they hire foolish individuals uh, because they want to protect, you know, this incredible opportunity. And the, the bar is just so low. Uh, so I don't think you're a director if you're not hiring you know, people that are, you know, awesome. That doesn't mean, you know, I hate that line, like, well, I always want to hire people that are better than me. Like, ah, okay, no one's better than anybody. Um, but I, I just don't see the vision the same way. That doesn't make me right and them wrong. It's just giving my, my opinion. Um, but that role does exist a little bit, but I still don't see anywhere that's anywhere close to, to what we're doing in Canada basketball. And when people come in, you know, whether we, we pay them as a consultant, we're getting the same way. Like we've never seen anyone communicate like you guys. Mm. Um, and uh, now if you take that, that structure, uh, social structure, and then populate it with the right people with incredible, incredible clinical skills, I think it's worth a lot of victories in different uh, different sports. People say they're doing it. People say they're doing it. And then yet, you know, they hire a new strength coach who's running around with his sleeves like this and, 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 and yelling and, and screaming at people. That's not it. It's not it. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not a director. You, know, you, you, you can say you are, you know, but, uh, you know, that's not what it is. And, and uh, that part of hiring the best people you know, as part of that. And I think there's some, some, some situations where the, the authority really is there. And I think uh, authority is a little dangerous word, but uh, like, again, to go back to your question, if the authority was there, I would, um, I'd, I'd probably be interested in having that conversation. Yeah. I, I, again, this is only through the grapevine. So kind of as, as you're alluding to there, I can't say for sure if this is what's happening in this particular organization, but apparently David Joyce down in the uh, GWS Giants in the Australian Rules Football League, he has something that's apparently very, very, you know, uh, towards those lines and he's had performance and apparently they have a great uh, structure and organization there in terms of being like one sort of uh, holistic holistic unit. Uh, I think it was... um, um, well, one of the guys that used to used to work there, he went on then into the into one of the rugby squads, uh, Lachlan. He was saying that Joyce had a great setup there, and it, it was probably as close or as good as any organization had in, in terms of having a very holistic um, setup. But just a, a just a little curious question for myself: Would would a position like that would that would that be enough stimulation for you? Because you do like being in the trenches. Like I think this is one thing people don't know about you. Your your day. Like I actually, I actually would like you to tell the listeners about like your day because I think there is some people who actually think that you don't do that many clinical hours or that you're not in the trenches. It's like okay, hey, so let me see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up my. Um, so my, yeah, my t- tell, tell us gonna, your typical day. I'm gonna go like this a couple times because I don't want anyone to see the names. But uh, let me see. So okay, so 
I have all the, so, so you're going to look at, I'll put it on what view. Um, oh, okay, cool. I can do three day view. Okay. Okay. So you can see the colors, right? Yeah, I can see them. Yeah. Okay. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. So it's early. It's late. I have every, uh, yellow and orange. Okay. What's, so what's, what's blue, Charlie? Um, blue. Let me see. Blue is either non work related stuff. Or, yeah, so like podcast with Robbie Cork right there. Um, and then um, the, the other therapists that work with me in different situations, we share the schedule. So, okay. um, so like when I'm not traveling, now because I moved recently, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of uh, a puppet master with my days. Yeah. But you know, if I'm not on a plane to go do something, um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and, and really in the summer, Fridays in New York City, not a good idea. You know, I'd have to leave by 10 a.m. To, to not sit in traffic. So, um, But uh, at different times of the year, when I have someone, whether they're getting ready for a movie or a sport, um, I, I can be in the city Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. Tuesday is a different location. So it used to be New Jersey. Now it's one of the spots in Connecticut. Mm. And then, and I fit in the uh, the northern New York situation. So I use you know like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. If I'm not on a plane, I'm doing normal work days. I'm not mm. going to say I don't get out early. I'm not going to say I don't block my schedule to train uh, so I can have an arm like that. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that that's uh, you know again that doesn't really bother me because that's like internet. You know like you know they. Yeah, because there's so many personalities on the internet that don't work with anybody. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but that so um, now, if people don't believe it that I actually work with people, um, that's uh, you know. And then, and then, as far as coaching, you know, now with the, like I was describing, like the new windows for Canada um, and our growth of organization. You know, I may not be in Canada more than two times. You know, maybe two months out of the year, but. The staff there, you know, I just got a message yesterday. Hey, so and so, uh, this happened, you know, first round draft pick this year. He's going to be in Toronto, um, you know, for two weeks, and we we craft a two week, you know, strategy for him that I'm 100% responsible for. Now, someone else is going to coach um, coach him, you know, through through what we're doing. But I'm a manager, and that's you know, talk about the stimulation that that level of management, you know, where. You know, how do we balance getting what I think this person needs because I'm the one ultimately responsible? But how do I give the coaches uh, enough leeway uh, to, to deliver some things? Answer, easy. Got the right people. I can be, like, let's say if we were working together, I'd be like, yeah, just do, you, know, you make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think, you know, because you pick the right people, then it, it's going to be within the right left barrier so that I can learn from them. They can feel like they are empowered but it's still within the core values. And I think people miss that. People think, oh, I just want to learn. And I, I no, no, that doesn't, if someone else is more of a stakeholder than you are, you don't get to decide. Yeah. Um, I know Coach Boyle talks about like, you know, with the interns, like, hey, when I worked here, we, we've done it this way. And he'll be like, that's great. That's, that's, that sounds really interesting. Uh, when, when, when we're here, we're going to do it this way. Yeah. And, and they, uh, the, the level of autocracy to leadership doesn't it doesn't because it, it sounds like a dictatorship that's different but if if if, if there's a, a core group of individuals that hold you know the responsibility they're the primary stakeholders uh, calling the shots is not a bad thing if you pick the right people 
and they want to develop in your shadow. I think the problem, sometimes people want to develop outside of someone's shadow. Mm. Even that in itself is not the problem. But if they are jeopardizing the goals of their leader who gave them the opportunity, then it's the wrong fit. And those people should be removed. They should also learn about being grateful and, and also learn about, you know, you know, being a good leader is being a good follower. But also at the level of leadership, when we talk about, you know, professional sports, like what I just described in Canada, um, you know, to me, a great director is the assistant to medical, uh, is the assistant of fitness and the assistant science. And, and um, you know, I feel very good at, at my skill set at, at auditing and supporting those things. Um, I may not be the best um, at certain situations, but I think if we take medical fitness and science and then multiply that into what we call, what, what in Canada, uh, Canada basketball, you know, the different interventions is medical fitness, sleep, nutrition, psychology, and load management. Uh, with all six of those buckets, that's when, when, when you've got a, a staff that when you have objective measures that call upon what we think is a nutrition solution, then, but maybe at different levels for scalability, we don't have a great nutrition resource at that level, but we've got fitness. So we've got to choose uh, a model that allows all six of those uh, expertises to positively impact key performance indicators. Mm. Now, if I have an opportunity to help, then based on my skill set, yeah, that's what we would do. And uh, again, for that NFL team, you know, we were starting to develop, you know, because I was there as a worker. I, was, I wasn't there as a, as a leader, mm. you know, but uh, given certain downtimes and, and great conversations and, and being noticed, and obviously the results that the big guy has had over his career has never, never missed a snap. Never, I never missed a game and it's playing interior line. So, so it's, uh, um, I think that's, you got to, the, the director should be the assistant. And then maybe, you know, the titles are just words. So maybe yeah. there is a director who just sits behind the desk and does paperwork. Great. Who is the ultimate decision maker? Who's the middle manager, you know, that, that, you know, that is responsible for general and special physical preparation. And uh, that doesn't exist in a lot of spots. The NBA is a little bit ahead. You know, certainly baseball is outrageous if they don't have anything like that. But there's a couple, um, you know, in the Marine Corps, you know, the, the role is it needs to have authority and responsibility. Um, I, don't, I don't think the authority is there. There's some fear. But I do think in the NBA, uh, I, I can't think of a situation where that role exists, where they're nailing it. Um, but that's just more my opinion and my vision of, right. of how the responsibility should be carried out. Sweet. Okay, so – um, get into the we'll get into the topics that I really wanted to touch on. You actually just touched on one there, the six components from um, T uh, T equals R three, which again was another fantastic um, product, and, and congrats to you on that. Um, you know, every every bit of information I've put out has always been just like uh, phenomenal resource. To be honest, you know, when, when people always ask, when people always ask, yeah, when people always ask me for resources, like you know, your name is always one I always provide. Well, um, so Charlie, the, the three sort of topics I'd like you to touch on are the snow globe, which, are, which you can talk about. Um, and again, you kind of touched on certain elements of what's in the snow globe already. Uh, the six components, which you just touched on, and the four windows of success. So from now until our time is up, you can wrap on those. I do have one question too that I, I want to ask if we can get it in before that. Um, so snow globe, 
six components, windows of success. I'll, I'll remind you of those if, if you if you need to be reminded. Um, the mic is all yours, my friend. <laughs> I don't. I, I I made them up. I don't need to be. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So so um, as far as the snow globe. Um, I think the view primarily of the director, you know, and if you pick the right people, it works and it really all ties together. But I use the snow globe um, because if you stand at the top of the snow globe, and it's another way of saying like 50,000 foot view of, yeah. of, of things. If you stand at the snow globe, you can you look down and you can see the whole little Christmas town. You can see everything. Hmm. You, you have this, this really... The, the, the maximal peripheral view of everything involved within the system, the organism, the little town in the, in the snow globe. And that's why I use it. And even when it gets shaken up, if you're standing at the top, you can still see everything through the little uh, glitter that, that acts as the snow. Yeah. But what you can't do is notice the, the intricacies and the specifics of like this really, really fancy snow globe. So unless you're on the floor, when you're on the ground. And maybe in this make-believe snow globe, there's multiple different sections of the town. And if you're in the back left corner of the snow globe, I can kind of see you from the top, and I can see all the other sections. Hmm. But I can't see exactly what you see when you're on the ground, because that's your area. So where the little mailman is, he can, excuse me, he can see the specifics. But the problem is not that, that there's other parts, because obviously no one person, no one methodology, no one vision, you know, like singular unilateral vision um, that isn't multivariant, that isn't nonlinear, can see the other parts. That mailman who's in the back of the snow globe, he can't see the other. He doesn't even know they exist sometimes, meaning if it's not a mailman, it's a nutrition. It's a nutrition person. Nutrition is crucial. Like it's, it's, I mean, I pick something that's the easiest thing for anyone to, to decide. Because you know, I, I typically, if I consult and they're, they, you know, sometimes uh, one of the ways of communicating is the other person is a negotiator. So they're always going to find reasons why not to do something because they're going to take the other side of the conversation. After a while, it's like, okay, Robbie, listen, I get it. You got too many barriers here it's not going to work hmm. just take all your money and put it into nutrition because if you put the food out the players will eat it yeah you know, yeah you you can have um maybe food that isn't um uh cooked with the best yeah you know, but if it's all organic we should have if, if you have that belief that organic food is better then even if it's fried chicken fingers which we know nba players are going to eat but if i if it's all organic it's better than chicken, you know, so, yeah. so, yeah. so, so uh, nutrition, important. But, but if, if, you're, if you're in the nutrition section of the town, you don't even know that there's other people, because you can't be that great at nutrition and be great at everything else. To be at the top of the snow globe, you can see everything else. You don't have to be great at it. To me, that's the director vision. And now at the bottom of the snow globe, the different, um, you know, sections have like a leader or a skill set. It's not even a person because I do think certain people can be good at multiple things. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they, what, what we're looking for is this integration. And, and you can only integrate all those different skill sets when someone has the peripheral vision. 
And one of the things that I, I don't agree with is like, okay, like you're looking for a director. Well, are you looking for like a medical guy? You're you looking for a fitness guy? You're looking for a, a data guy? You know, in a certain world, the psychology guy is the director. It doesn't matter. Like anyone can be a director because that's a, it's about a vision. Like I think, you know, you, you don't have to be a medically trained individual to know if the doctor is an idiot, right? Like you're, you can, you now you're not going to, you know, and I use the most sensational example, yeah, yeah. but you know, like, like in this work, like no one tells anybody what to do if you pick the right people. Mm. So, you know, our team doctor in Canada is just fantastic. We don't ever have to question what he's doing, even though, you know, I, I have every wherewithal to, you know, particularly, let's say if it's musculoskeletal, you know, like, I don't have to like look cross-eyed at him because we got the right people. So it doesn't matter who's in charge. It doesn't matter who the director is after you have this snow globe view. And uh, just like the CEO of the company, he's not as good as the CFO at managing the dollars at the end of the year for taxes. Mm -hmm. But he damn sure can, can put him in a position to both be socially and resourced, uh, socially resourced and you know, mechanically resourced to do his job. And if the taxes don't look right at the end of the year, he knows how to fire them. And, and uh, you, can't, you have to have some awareness of the different uh, parts of the town, but you don't have to have the specifics. You just gotta pick the right person. And, and I guess the, the, the different parts of the town um, can be divided into six different parts where there's a medical part, there's a fitness part, there's a sleep part, there's a, a psychology part, there's a nutrition part, and there's a load management part. And mm -hmm. I picked those words, and again, they can be any words, like they don't matter, like they can, they can really be anything. Um, I've chosen those six pieces because in my experience, um, I could find one person to man each of those six pieces with their skill sets, and, and I really couldn't think of any other words you know, to do that. They can, you know, they're the, they're the, they're the managers of those different uh, pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I feel good that my skill sets can probably fill um, some level of medical, not all, um, fitness and load management. Um, I'm not going to crunch the data, but I can interpret a message that the data uh, provides. Um, now, I know a lot about nutrition, but I don't know as much as you and, or et cetera. Um, you know, I, I can't order the link from medical into nutrition via blood work, so they, they, they need to be together. You know, sleep is, sleep is important. Okay. I used to say with nutrition, yeah, don't eat gluten, don't eat dairy, you know, drink a lot of water, drink a lot, yeah, okay, good. Uh, and, and then I think we're all psychologists. I don't really think there's any expert psychology, you know, like every, be, you know, it's connecting with people, mm. you know, good people connect with other people, but I'll be damned if, uh, you know, if somebody's going to say they're going to be good with everybody, that, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, and, and then where does psychology fit into, you know, medical, where I had a chat, you know, consulting with a fellow who's one of 60, um, psychiatrists in the United States that are certified by major league baseball to give, uh, exemptions for certain, um, psychiatric conditions, namely ADHD. So because the drugs that they would be prescribing are, uh, uh would be violations of PD. Um, but there's 60 of these doctors and he was, he had a big meeting and he asked, uh, you know, for some, some guidance on how to communicate with major league baseball front office. 
so that he could push. So you see, yeah, there's so many links between the six. If someone had a different six, I'm working on a project, they have like five that are different. I'm like, the, the, the concept is the same, where you're gonna use words to then bucket or partition different skill sets. And now I don't care how the skill set is delivered. I just need those skill sets. I need, I need expertise in those six things. Those are the six parts of town where I kind of, even though I can't see it from the top, if I was on the ground, I would know how to manage, you know, neuromuscular type of orthopedic uh, medical stuff, you know, in terms of, of orthopedic and, and neuromuscular injuries. I feel very good at my uh, ability to manage fitness in most sports, uh, certainly in general population, because that's kind of easy. Uh, and then load management, uh, which may or may not include the different uh, technology or, you know, different analysis. Uh, so uh, yeah, the, the words, it can be anything else, but I like those six. You know, that's just how I try to focus the message. If somebody picks five or four different ones, I think when I did the DVD, there was only five. I don't remember which one I did not. Sleep. Uh, yeah. So, so maybe sleep would have been part of load management, but that's mm. probably my thought process. You, you did, yeah, you did, but in the DVD, you do mention you're like sleep probably should be its own separate entity, but I think you did say it's within load management. Yeah, you know what? A lot of the times is, uh, you know, so look, if, if the DVD came out a year ago, obviously those slides were done before, you know, yeah. the, that, uh, and, and now, I, even I remember even driving home from Perform Better headquarters in Rhode Island that day where uh, I'm like, oh my God, I would say it so differently already. So, uh, yes. and now like it's, it's a much more refined message, particularly with that anti-glycolytic stuff because I've kept studying. Um, and I think the third thing that you asked about was the four windows of success. Yeah. Where, so, so the, the slide on the, um, on, the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the program, it had the buckets at the bottom because that's like the foundation of this high performance program. It, it's what people do. Uh, so everyone should feel like they're part of one of those buckets with their primary skill set. But at the top is like where everything starts. And when we talk about um, looking for, uh, uh, you know, asking questions uh, that you didn't know you had, when, when you have a, a, a somewhat of a linear view based on your skill set, you'll probably be influenced to ask questions and generate solutions that you're the guy, where you're the front runner. So if you're a medical guy, the questions you're gonna ask are usually medically generated. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, who are you? Like, like you don't have, like you, you need this guidance, you need this structure. And that's why another thing I, I, one of the cliches from the United States Marine Corps was like, great men do wanna be led. Uh, even the general you know, is led. You know, there's only one guy that, that's not, not led. And even he has checks and balances on, on his uh, doing. So uh, at the top, we try to fit global uh, categories of where performance can be the problem, can be the problem. And those four windows, the first one uh, was equipment, where yeah. if I'm not winning football games, maybe the cleats are not the answer. You know, maybe... Uh, um, if it's uh, a lot of my influence comes out of golf where, okay, if my, you know, the, the, I have to look at that where golf can be measured in a lot of different ways. Obviously it's, you know, we'll break it down to two injury and performance. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe my golf clubs don't fit ideally, 
and that's why my back hurts. Or maybe um, I'm using a golf club that's 10 years old, but so I'm not hitting it as far because yep. the technology that's legal for the sport. So we've got to analyze the, the equipment. That's the first window. Maybe you're so, so now, Mr. Uh, orthopedic doctor who's director of performance or whatever, tell me what you know about equipment and, and how often do you think of equipment um, to, to create a solution? You've got to be able to draw all these lines. The, uh, I have a client who uh, is, is an artist for Marvel, and um, he's also like a trainer on the side. Like, you, awesome. must lo- you must love that line. <laughs> we, we have a lot of cool conversations. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I usually get to see movies before. Uh, if you get to see them Thursday night at midnight, uh, sometimes I can see them Monday or Tuesday. That's the uh, hashtag membership has its privileges. So he'll, he'll, he'll work on toys. And then in the movies, like they do artistry, like after you know, all the, the they put colors and different things. Anyway, because he could understand the degree of what we're talking about right now, he uh, I, I I showed him like what I would scribble, and it had all these lines. There's lines all over the place, and and I looked up like there's something called sketch notching, where it's like an artist and like the chalkboard is empty, and then by the end of their talk. It's like there's pictures and faces, and they're really good at it. And it's like there's incredible um, artistry involved. I said, if you see what I'm doing here, and I gave him a, a recording of, of what I had done that, that first part, the high performance piece, you know, T equals R the model. And, uh, and, and, and he made it into cartoons, which is what you saw at the beginning of day two. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my man Ray was kept asking like questions. I'm like, you're blowing up my spot. Like, like, I promise you, I'll get you the slides the next day. Yeah, 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 that was hilarious. Yeah, the review on day two. So um, he 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 was drawing the, the the stuff, but as we get into the other windows, it's it's just the first place to look. Like you can't assume. So if you're a fitness guy, you and, and the players look tired. Yes, fitness is probably going to be the solution, but let's make sure his shoes fit correctly. And I'm using like sensational examples because some sports have more equipment than others. Yeah. And the technology of the equipment, like if I'm allowed to use goalie pads that are bigger and lighter, maybe I should resource myself to do that because the goalie's going to make more saves. And what, many years ago, they, they made them have smaller pads because they were too dominant to increase scoring. Um, so, so equipment is very, very important, but there's the lines. And uh, my man Kenny uh, from Marvel, he, he was able to make it really comfortable to look at, to show how you build a team and the core values. And then you just pick the right people. I keep saying that because no one does that. They, they don't pick the right people um, to, to, to execute. So the second one was technical and tactical, which could be two unto themselves. Mm-hmm. So again, if, if I don't have performance or I have injury, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Maybe my technical ability is, is I, I'm doing it with a technique that is constantly overloading my adductors and now it becomes a medical problem like the buckets are solutions but the problem is is really a technical solution so i need my therapist to have awareness that maybe they need to do some things to treat the adductor injury so it doesn't get worse but we've got to bring in the technical guy to analyze hey maybe the way he kicks is the part of the problem yeah. tactical is 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 game time like so if we if we uh we talked about football you know if, if a, if a foot american football where if they don't follow a tactical plan 
injury, you can bump into each other. I mean, there's 22 guys in a very small period of time. But in an American football, that's where tactical actually matters more than probably any other sport that I'm familiar with as a fan, like my, my, my opinion, uh, where, you know, you can have a great coach and it matters. Like the NFL teams are still coming up with tactical strategies that no one's ever seen before. Mm. Uh, you know, it's going to be exciting to see the Los Angeles Rams, where they're now two interior linemen of that caliber uh, no one's ever seen before. They're going to be able to do things that no one's ever seen uh, if they so choose. So, you know, we have, like, so now the high performance guys usually consider like a fitness, a medical, you know, those things from the bottom, but they, there's got to be integration with equipment and technical and tactical to choose the best solution. Um, sometimes we're going to use manual therapy to get 125 degrees of external rotation so that we can, we think that's the answer to take my picture from 93 to 96 miles an hour, mm -hmm. then, then we got, we need that, we need that. Um, then the, the, the second two windows are probably more conventional um, for general and special physical uh, preparation, and it's biological power and fundamental movement. Mm -hmm. Biological power can mean really almost anything that we, you know, can intervene upon. Do the, do the voice, do well. <laughs> uh, okay. You will say, <laughs> I know you will always give credit because it is important. And uh, bio biological power is Theology. what we are always. So uh, I was just with Val the other day in Portland. And, Very good. Uh, the, the, uh, it's, uh, I, don't know, I don't know why people don't give credit to others. It's, 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 it's interesting. Um, I've been around long enough now. And obviously, uh, sometimes it's hard because I carry myself so juvenile. But uh, I hear people, I'm like, dude, I know I said that before anybody else. But you know what? I might be wrong. I might, I mean, someone else might have said it, but it wasn't that guy. So uh, if you've been around long enough, like, you don't get credit for anything. But you know, yeah. the people like Val and Mike Boyle and Gray Cook, and, and, uh, you know, and of course there's going to be others that I could be all day. But I don't know why people don't say thank you to, you know, or give people credit. So yeah, Val made up biological power, uh, so he says, and uh, he gets credit for that. And then the fourth window is fundamental movement, which is really translated as can joints get in the right positions to absorb adaptive stress. So if the how, joints... How many times would you say you said that in the DVD? Can joints? Uh, if I say it a lot, it's probably pretty damn important. So yeah. in, for the purposes of understanding you know, some of the, my interests in, in, in uh, management as, as I evolve and grow, you know, I keep saying pick the right people. Uh, people don't pick the right people. They, they just don't. And uh, you know, how, how, who am I to say that? I'm Charlie. I'm, I can say whatever I want. Like, that's, my, that's what I'm seeing. Because I've been in enough bad situations and I've been in enough good situations. And what's the difference? I'm still the same, but the people are different. And, and, and uh, you know, no one is a bad leader. When, uh, no, no one can be a good leader. I've been in situations where Gandhi, Jesus, and Mother Teresa couldn't lead these pieces. And uh, I'm, I'm, that's, you know, that's just, you know, people don't, if you're a bad person, you don't want to be led. Don't pick bad people, pick good people. Um, but, but getting back to Ken Joints getting the right positions over adaptive stress, you know, that, that's probably a, a, a different, you know, subgroup of biological power because if you can't get in the right positions, nothing else matters. So if your knee doesn't bend enough for the technical proficiency, we probably need that therapist involved. Uh, maybe, you know, we, uh, if your knee doesn't bend enough, uh, maybe we'll use different equipment 
to, to craft a, a technical strategy. If your knee doesn't bend enough, maybe I need to protect you on the field. If your knee doesn't bend enough, I clearly have to choose exercise selection that doesn't provoke you know, something. Because at, at the very, very least, my training load will be compromised if I am looking to train positions that exceed my ability to actually get into the first time. Uh, maybe the next best thing is that my output will be minimized, but it won't be minimized from biological or physiological constructs. It won't be that your limit strength is the problem. It won't be rate of force development. It won't be work capacity because you have to overcome the internal resistance of your knee not bending enough. Mm -hmm. So to me, uh, that's the most important. Now, okay, you want to call me out? You're, you got a therapy background. That's some, a skill set that you're probably competent in. So you think that's the most important. I'm like, if, if maybe when you look at a golf swing, maybe the reason that they do certain things, they have different swing characteristics, is because their thoracic spine only lets them do it. Yeah. So, so those are the four windows that we can analyze our solutions. And after you do the other tests of movement, output, readiness, and sensory systems, find the one that's the the, 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 the furthest away from industry standard for that context, and then you dip into the buckets to find the solutions. And we should be able to solve almost all four of those windows of success with any one of the six uh, skill sets, and then audit the values and the improvement through the tests mm. of movement, output, readiness, and sensory systems. And maybe in words, you know, it's almost like too hard to follow now, but uh, people listening can go buy the DVD and, uh, and you see, because when you look at it, it was something I was really, really proud of. More importantly, that is exactly how we do business in Canada basketball. And, um, you know, we're on, we're on track next year for seven first round draft picks. Um, that's not New York. That's not LA. That's not Chicago. That's not Barcelona. You know, we're going to get our own chapter in sports gene very, very soon. Um, as to how wow. basketball is being developed in the greater Toronto area. And it's not just me, you know, but, but what Sam Gibbs and, and, and myself have been empowered to do along with all the rest of our staff, what's on that paper is exactly what we do. And when some of the most respected people in performance come to hang out with us, they actually see it and they're like, oh my God. Um, so it's, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. And you know what? If somebody don't buy it, that's fine. And if somebody doesn't like me because they're so afraid of what that program can do to make them look bad, all right, I'll go make money doing something else. And uh, it's it's people are really yeah, – we talk about the T-shirt. In post sports, people would rather have the T-shirt than really, really be awesome at what they do. Yeah. And then after a while, when you know that so many people want that T-shirt, you probably think that you're the man. And when, in fact, your best day is mediocre. And, uh, but how can I be mediocre if so many people would stab me in the back and take my job? Well, what else am I going to do where I can make, you know, this many hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, and actually, and, and get to be on a plane and get to be around celebrities, et cetera. You still suck. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, I don't, it's not, it's not what motivates me anymore. Maybe it used to, maybe it used to. Um, and maybe I couldn't get to this point without, being exposed to that world, but also being on the South side. Cause now it's like kind of cool to be on the inside of a political thing. You know, when you yeah, get opportunities yeah, yeah. and stuff, you know, like that's uh, you know, yeah, it is pretty damn cool to be, to win, to win that game sometimes. So that's really what the model and the, and the, the, 
the buckets, the windows of success, the snow globe. It's meant to have a great peripheral view. It's really predicated on leadership of great people. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, just one little continuation here of a question regarding the, um, the six components. It was a great point you made in the DVD. Uh, one of them here is about, you know, uh, if, and I have notes here. By the way, if, when you see me looking down, I'm, it's because I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. It, it looks like you're on your phone or something. You're not paying attention. I, I'm, I'm never on my phone. I'm always, it's scribbling notes. And, it, and if I keep looking this way, is because I'm looking at myself in the bottom corner of the <laughs> You look great. You look great. Um, but it was this. You were saying that in, in relation to joints, um, being able to get into positions to uh, adapt and um, uh, absorb and adapt to stress. You said here, if minimum movement competency is met, then there's no need to start like going down a rehab quote unquote model or a quote unquote rehab model. And that like we don't need to be looking at a sports med solution, but yet the individual in that window thinks that they have the answer because they're only within their box. And, and so that goes for that goes for, yeah. that goes for everyone in their own individual box. They think that. They have the solution, and then I think you were kind of alluding to that. They'll even try and uh, engineer questions, say, "Oh, it's this," and I have the I have the solution. Where you're like, uh, "If we're more objective here and have assessments in place, we know that's not this and this. It's more likely this book that we need to go or this." Yeah, book. yeah. Well, that's uh, you know, there's there's probably different con you know different situations where you know one that's really easy to be illustrated is like it only hurts when I run three miles. Hmm. Okay, so what? How can we look at this? Okay, equipment. Technical, tactical, biological, power, fundamental movement. Well, you know, again, we're going to run our tests of movement, output, readiness, and sensory systems. But who, who's usually the person that that per, if that person goes to medical because they have pain, you know, but they have, now I'm standing in front of you and I have no pain because I haven't run three miles. Mm -hmm. uh, so that person is probably going to look for things that don't exist. I would challenge that thought process by saying, okay, if this is our intervention, well, why are they not a problem between mile one and 2.9? You know, like the, it, it can't be a problem. Uh, it, now, uh, if we see a, a restriction, then maybe it takes that long to, you know, for that, for that restriction to then affect mechanics and or perception. Mm -hmm. But now I've taken you away from medical. I've, I've now added in this component of work capacity. And, and maybe if I analyze their work capacity specific to their profile, I might find that the best solution is not to identify anything medically oriented. So all these things kind of play in. Now, this notion of, um, of prehab and, and some of these strategies um, you know, that, that are going to be valuable for injury prevention, I think is, is, is nonsense. Um, and, and part of that is, is based upon um, a lot of the, the, um, uh, the, the foundations of neuromuscular function that, that lends to, okay, if I do this exercise, uh, it should yield this response. Mm -hmm. So those are based off of analyzing individuals that are already injured or in pain. So what we're finding but that there are people that are not in pain that also have those same profile, but they don't get evaluated as, as often because they don't have a problem. Mm. If something wasn't your problem beforehand, I've got a hard time believing it was your problem afterwards. So 
to do things that focus on some of the tonic muscles that we know is part of the body's uh, immediate uh, response to threat. So it, it up, uh, the, through, from a sympathetic response, it upregulates certain muscles, and then as a result, downregulates. There, there's this immediate switch of motor strategy that is very, very subcortical. Uh, mm -hmm. This is all things that can be, uh, when I use big words, it can all be referenced. It can all be evidence-based. Yeah. Show me the research. It's on PubMed. Uh, let me know when you find it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't, I'm allowed to say whatever I want. And if someone doesn't buy it, it's okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, 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 so now when that sympathetic situation or constant overload um, leads to an expression that leads them to a medical response, we analyze the system. And a lot of it is EMG, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the, it, it wasn't the environment before the expression became palpable. I don't mean by touch, but because when it could be verbalized. So to work on those muscles, also we'll see that a lot of times we talk about serratus anterior and glute medius and, and a lot of our heroes in, in, the, in the rehab world. We're training them in a phasic fashion, meaning like you're moving, like you think, so if I do a clamshell and I'm supposed to work on glute medius, are you, are you kidding me? Like there's no other muscle involved? I mean, this is unbelievable. Nonetheless, if we think blue medius, which it does, has this incredible role in controlling the injury mechanism of knee valgus, it doesn't move. It just tightens. It just, like our pelvic floor just goes like this. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't create motion because that's what tonic muscles do. You know, a serratus anterior doesn't do this. It, it just holds me there. Mm. Uh, so we, maybe we train it as such. So it's so asinine. Um, but this is when the medical thought process dominates the snow globe. Yeah. And we wind up uh, investing resources in uh, interventions that don't have any kind of return. And, you know, this is, um, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, tenets that I could communicate about as to why. This is you know, false. It doesn't mean they're 100% of the time useless. Mm. They shouldn't be the first step. Let's run through all of the four windows of success. Let's keenly test movement, output, readiness, and sensory systems. And then we can then decide if we're going to do little clamshells and, and ceramics anterior. Uh, and and the, the utility is very, very low for the purposes of strengthening these particular muscles. Mm -hmm. All movements have value for uh, guiding collagenous direction, uh, uh, direction of co collagenous tubules, which is a whole other topic yeah, that, yeah. you know, maybe it, I don't care, but I mean, yeah, I don't care who employs the topic, uh, uh, who, who's the intervene. It's the expert. I don't care what your degree is anymore when yeah. it comes to certain things. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, but the same thing can happen with nutrition. The same thing can happen with psychology. You know, the, psycholo you know the, 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 the psychologist who doesn't have this level of uh, comfort in communicating with such a periphery, uh, they're going to say, well, look, everything is, psycho everything is psychological. Mm -hmm. You have to you know, be ready and be present in all their keywords. Okay, yeah. Like, but, but how did we determine that that was the primary solution and for what problem? Uh, we have to objectify. You have to test it now. 
you know, what, where is the psychological screen? Like, where is, how close can we get to objective in all of these different spaces that are all multivariant and all nonlinear? It's not going to create this hard objective thing. You can, no one can research what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's all lines. And, and what we'll just try and do is find the best practice based on what we're seeing. And you need, again, just like uh, in a DVD, it was 10 joints get in the right position with adaptive stress. For the purposes of some of our conversation, good people um, that, that want to be led and then uh, by a great leader with this kind of peripheral view um, is, is, is the answer of how you can you know, take this soft level of objectivity and create a very, very dominant organism, whether it's a single organism or one that has many organisms that has to have to work together. Mm, great stuff. I just I have a note here as well, kind of uh, that I made out just kind of wrapping up uh, that that question. Uh, I have it here regarding the assessment classifications, and uh, it says you may have someone who only knows how to assess within one of these classifications of the six components and within the four windows too. When the athlete's solution within one of these classifications um, might be found within one of the other ones, um, and, the, and the practitioner may not have no ex, uh, may not have or the expertise of basic knowledge within one of the other classifications. So again, it's important to be able to, you know, if you're an expert in one, it's still important to be able to have a sort of idea of these other essential components so that you can speak some sort of common language. And you give an example here. The example you gave was the sports therapist not addressing the inappropriate uh, golf club with an individual. Going back to your example earlier on, you're like, you know, they're trying to use their solution in their book. It's like, uh, maybe your equipment is off. That's it. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh, an Occam's razor, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the correct solution is the most obvious or whatever the, the way of describing. Do, do uh, it's, so, it's so funny, just real quick, it's so funny you mentioned Occam's razor because I, I have a, a perfect example for that. It's actually a, a medical and nutrition one. So somebody was having awful stomach issues, like they're just bloated and felt terrible all the time. And they went to a medical solution thinking it was all like, you know, parasitic or an ulcer in their stomach. And like the doctor like was getting bloods run and even prescribed things for like acid reflux. And then when I went to go see the nutritionist, the nutritionist said, how much do you eat like in a meal? What would a typical portion size be? And then like the, the nutritionist like got the person to like send them photos of their meals. And the nutritionist like, whoa, you're just eating way too much in a meal. It's like, cut that meal up into like three smaller meals and eat that as your day rather than one whole meal. And then the stomach issue went away. It was just, yeah, like, it was, it was like, just portion sizes. That was it. So all I would, ex- so look, we should never uh, try to uh, craft a message to not access competent medical care. Oh, and, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, Eric, Eric Cressy just posted something and he tagged me because of something I talk about where, you know, the kid was getting run around, he had cancer, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, and that's really a general fitness thing in the United States, as you well know, where, yeah. you know, you know, people want to put a rubber band around their knee and, and you know, try to train a bucket handle meniscus, you know, and then, you know, the incidence of some of these serious medical conditions. So never, never buy, I never, you know, cheapen the value of, of those right. types of tests. Nonetheless, I need that medical doctor to say, hey, um, let's do this too. Robbie's my nutrition guy. I'd like you to check in with him. Um, and, uh, even if, you know, if you need insurance, you know, maybe he can recommend someone else for you and you're not going to mind that because even though you're charging big dollars, the doctor's going to keep, you know, you and, you know, keep feeding you with other patients that can't afford it 
or, or can value it. Everyone can afford mm -hmm. the right things, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean the doctor needs to even know anything about what you do other than because when you and he communicate, yeah. you're able to uh, win. People, people don't want to win. They just want to do what they want to do. They would, they would, and that's even coaches. Like people would rather feel good about carrying the football. They'd rather feel good about their altruism and giving their best effort than take three or four steps back and let someone else do all the work. Mm -hmm. um, or, or they'd rather make the money trying for six weeks and then, you know, rather than make the right decision early on. And some of that's financially driven, but that's what we're talking about. And you, uh, you know, you, you, you allude to this in the DVD too. I have, again, here my notes, like saying that, you know, you said team up with others. You don't need to know everything. And you're like, you don't need to have all the answers. And then you wrote, and you said, be okay with this. And I loved your, your, uh, your sort of concept too. You, you might, you, you might, might remember, because again, the DVD was filmed so long ago, but you know, you, you spoke about learning and like, you kind of said this real sort of uh, tongue in cheek sort of statement. You're like, you don't want to learn. You're like, everyone's in the room. Like, there's oh, what I'm here to And you're like, no, you don't want to learn. You're like, learning uh, makes people uncomfortable. Like it, 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 it should challenge you. And it, should, it should challenge like your current biases and all this. You're saying most people don't want that. They don't want to be challenged. They don't huh. And, and that's really based off of, you know, I think we should appreciate, you know, general adaptation syndrome is really, you know, should be reserved for medical illness. Mm. So maybe we should recoin that. And I don't know if anyone has or has in peripheral adaptation syndrome or, you know, uh, special adaptation syndrome, whether, you know, um, you know if, if it's general, it, it's probably, you know, cause I've heard some people discuss um, that it's really only for disease based processes. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you have to be challenged. Oh, I, I like being challenged. Really? Well, who is ever challenged and somehow not, you know, made uncomfortable? Now you might welcome the, the but but you have like, so if the if learning is is, made, is meant to take you from here to here, it doesn't just go here. It, you have to be challenged and be made uncomfortable, become resistant. Yeah to the new thought or the previous thought and then super compensate. Like, so that's at least where I'm coming from as to mm. why I say that. But because the discomfort is so social yeah. and the person is not able to separate their stance on this clinical topic versus this, uh, this what they perceive as an attack on their moral fiber, on, on who they are as a person. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're completely different things. Yeah. You know, like, that, like, what is parenting? Like, parents have to do things to kids that make them mad because they think they're going to be better at the end. You have to learn from your mistakes. But if you're not made aware of your mistakes, it should be respectful. Yeah. But then what does that mean to different people? Like, I'm a wrestler. Like, you can say anything to me. Like, I, you know, I don't care. Like, like, you can smack me in the face and I'll be like, okay, I get it. You know, like, you know don't smack me twice. You know, but... The, the, you know, the, but people don't want to learn. They just want to be told things. Yeah. And if they fit in their fishbowl, they'll be cool. Like just to some of the stuff we were talking about before. If you told me that I suck, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, okay. But now I have to like hit pause. You know, one of the great things that uh, now he's coaching Arizona State, um, what's um, um, Herm Edwards. Love, love listening to Coach, Coach Edwards talk. And it's like, hit, don't hit send. So you know, don't hit send. I'm not going to respond to you. The first thing I have to think about is like, 
is, is Robbie trying to hurt me? Like, why does he say I suck? Like, is he trying to harm me? Like, is, is, is Robbie so insecure in himself that he needs mm -hmm. to make me feel bad? Mm -hmm. Or is Robbie really trying to help me? And, and, I, and I think, you know, again, there's no, it's not like people aren't trying to hurt somebody. But if you say that I suck, and you know, I have to decide, like, hey, tell me what you got. Because there's no, there's no requirement that I have to abide by your decision. Yeah, yeah. I can still be shocked, but that resistance might be to dismiss this new thing. I don't have to be right, but when it's but but if if uh, think of like that situation with the referral where they're asking me for a referral for an NBA player in New York City, okay, I'm allowed to say I should be near the top of the list. You want to call that ego? I got the biggest ego. You want it? Like that's ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And so so if that individual doesn't like, you know, he clearly is putting his insecurities above the welfare of the athletes of the team yeah, yeah. if he really has that issue maybe he should be like hey you know what like i don't like you because you say these things but you know i gotta learn i gotta figure out because maybe your intervention can help us win games and the goal is to win he'd rather feel secure in whatever it is whether it's his own self or his job i'm like man like i just want to get paid like what are you talking yeah. about like i don't care about you and, and this particular individual, um, I've had two conversations with in my life. So, so he doesn't even know. He doesn't know anything about me other than this public thing. So maybe he's listening to this podcast, and uh, I'm not going to give him the finger, but he deserves it. Um, but you see, I'm allowed to get upset too. You know, like it's. Uh, well, so if, you've only, if you've only met twice, you should maybe invite him to to spend some time so you can get to know each other. Yeah right right yeah. Um, well, we could we, we we could do a whole podcast on on, on why you know what, why people have these insecurities. I mean, Brett Bartholomew speaks about it at length. You know, in, in anything yeah. he presented out in his book, Conscious Coaching. Listen, I, I know you're you're tight in time. You, you only booked up until until now, and I do two other questions. So um, uh, wait, let me see. I, I was uh, go go ahead. Like, this is always good conversation. It's cool. good for me. You're like you're like my uh, psychologist. Yeah. Well, what, what I'm trying to do more lately with my podcast is not speak as much and let the other person talk. And it's so funny because at the end, everyone goes, you're so great to talk to. I'm like, yes, I just listened. No, no, no. It's the opposite. I, I, need, you to, I need you to talk. <laughs> um, but just one, one thing, just fi finishing off what we just spoke about there in terms of insecurities and stuff like that, and kind of people being too self-identified with their profession. There was a great thing. Um, I'm not too sure who... Who said it, it, Dave Tanny said it, but I, I didn't hear from Dave Tanny. You know what I'm saying? But apparently, Dave Tanny said that uh, take your your passion seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Like be able to laugh at yourself, be be very passionate about your craft and all like that. Like don't be so self-identified with it that again, as you've alluded to, that any sort of attack on on your profession is I, uh, personally. And and obviously, there's a personal relationship, so I don't mind saying uh, in a positive way. I've learned a lot from Dave Tanny. Mm -hmm. I really have. Um, not only training-wise, and I wish that book ever it never got published, that he was going to write a chapter for, for, for Strutter's um, Conditioning for Soccer. But, um, you know, the, the, he's told me some things similar that, like, just clicked. You know, one of the things was, like, want nothing, need nothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, that has crafted a, a whole mentorship strategy that I've used both for myself and others. But um, the, 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 the little... Um, the, the, the way that I feel like I might embody that is I've gotten to a point where what, what I do when I make money, I am so lucky because I love that, but it's the other stuff. So you have clearly noticed 
my social media presence, because we've known each other, you know, maybe even 10 years, I don't know, whatever. Nine. Okay, fair enough. But I talk way more about Disney and, you know, silly, you know, the things that I like in my life. Like, that's what I want. Like, that's mm -hmm. my life. Like, I learned, like, we work so we can enjoy those other things. Just because I was exposed, you know, since 2011 in New York City, so many people that hate what they do, but they keep doing it because they earn enough money to do a bunch of other things. Oh my God, make a lot of money and love what you do, and you can do all these other things. So I don't necessarily use the same words that what you just described, but I am different. Like I can have a conversation with someone that and not talk about training and rehab. Mm -hmm. We can, and, and I engage in that. And if that means I'm not exposing myself to as much new information or I'm not learning as much or, okay, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my life, which will then bring a more positive mindset to the interventions that I am familiar with. Yeah. And that's the, to me, like, you know, if you can't, if you can't like disengage and from your job, and that's the thing that I'm really focused on because when people are very negative towards me, then like, if I, again, like, do you really think I'm trying to hurt you? Like, do you really, like when we, in the past, when we've talked about particular opinions that I have, like, you think I'm, you think I'm just going to punch you in the stomach and run away? Like, I'm answering a question. Why do you even care? Mm. Aside from the fact, if it is so contrary to your beliefs, maybe you should be like, hmm, you know what? Like, maybe I could set up a time and, and, and learn a little bit of at least the why is coming because it's so shocking. Again, what's the first step of, 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 of adaptation syndrome is yeah, yeah. shock. Instead of, uh, you know, leaving me nasty uh, uh, voicemail saying that I'm going to keep calling you until you call me back. Yeah. Um, I, I won't let that one go because that was a kid who, uh, you know, I, I really actually had thought highly of and, and uh, um, you know, had spent time with and, and invested in a little bit. I don't mean financially um, because he wants to blow up a, a balloon. So um that's uh but but that's where they can't separate people that you if, if i don't agree with you on a particular training topic like i i don't think the the the, the we just talk about other things even if we can't get outside of the realm and i think that might be what dave is, is talking about or at least how i would interpret that that statement yeah i think uh you know fergus Connolly always says you know the the first three questions you should ask is why 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 and then it also reminds me too of Stephen Covey's seven habits. You know the the four habits: seek first. To, no, sorry, not the, the fifth habit. Uh, the fourth one is win-win. Uh, the fifth one is seek seek first to understand, then to be understood. So, yeah, yeah. Or or just uh, or just ignore it. Yeah, like if, if yeah, because look, if 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 by your standards the message yeah, yeah. is so outside of your snow globe, you know, so like. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to uh, understand hate speech. It's it's so far outside of, yeah, of yeah. what I, I have any interest in. Um, you know, but maybe I would like. To, maybe I do want to understand it. You know, like maybe yeah. But but you know, there's no rationale for that. So we. Yeah. But you see what I mean? Like yeah, yeah I like, I got you. these types of conversations, like to to uh, elucidate and illustrate my position on something. I try to pick something like super super sensational to to kind of make the point Good and point. Uh, so I you, that's yeah. Uh, yeah like but that's a great example so if, if someone doesn't like um you know a clinical message because it's so outrageous just ignore it why would you get mad like mm. that's not what we teach little kids like we, mm. we teach them to ignore the bully you know there's, there's a there's a saying i love charlie and it's uh 
if if you can't control it don't worry about it and if you can control it there's no need to worry about it so it's, it's either way yeah yeah it's a um yeah but but i think that's not only have i, I personally you know uh learned a lot from dave in terms of looking at uh you know, you know, some of these director opportunities etc and that mm -hmm. we've talked about in the past when they come up and, you know and, and but i think that's what he means like don't be passionate be passionate about your skills but it's not who you are as a person exactly yeah exactly so charlie last last two for you and uh, um again if you have to go you can you can just cut it and we can all pick it back up well, you've spoken numerous times throughout this conversation about hiring the the right people how would one go about that um one of the uh the interest is really similar to what I just talked about. If that person can tell me enough things that have nothing to do with the clinical, obviously there needs to be a level of clinical acumen commensurate with the compensation and, yes, the, yes. and the goal of the role. Um, but all those things are real that people talk about, like the, the dangers of over hiring, and et cetera. But, but if, I want to know, like, so Robbie, tell me, uh, Hey, so so in the NFL season, like these are the off times. What would uh, you know, what what are some of the things that you would do during during that period? Because um, if you're so focused on telling me, you know, about you know the clinical piece, I I want you to have something outside of it. I want to know what you want to do when you're done here, because you know you ain't working here forever, you know. And and uh, you know, I think I think part of uh, not necessarily do I want to be around you all the time. I obviously need to be around you some of the time. Yes. But, uh, but um, you know, the, and, and, and another thing too is, is um, do you, like how, how much are you aware of and how much do you value some of the non-personal feedback stuff? So we, we have, um, we have uh, um, you know, the type of conversations that Sam and I will have. I tell you point blank, um, one of the things I told this, this young man who was, who was in, uh, he was, you know, intern and, and, and had a, he was brought back, you know, because we'll take certain people on trips, et cetera. I said, listen, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, um, you know, to work in this world, you know, we feel very strongly about looking the part. And there's a lot of things that come with that. Now, for me, in certain worlds, you know, this kind of is cool. Um, you know, when, when UFC world champion comes in, like, I have a lot of credibility, you know, because of how I, how I look. I walk into another situation, it's held against me. I better be shaved. You know, I, I better, you know, I, I got to have a, you know, so I don't look intimidating, even though mm. to me, I'm five foot nothing and I have pictures with Winnie the Pooh. Um, but we, you're, sit, you're sitting intimidating at times, Charlie. We, uh, we told, I told, <laughs> I told, I told the kid point blank, I said, I, I hope you understand when I say this, I need you to lose 25 pounds. And, uh, you know, uh, now I don't know that I would say that in the interview. But I would uh, develop some kind of awareness of how they would take that kind of a question. Yes, yes. And because uh, I always know someone can do it. You know, like, so uh, I would not, uh, you know, but, but I would ask, like, you know, how do you feel about, like, appearance? Like, how do you, you ever, you ever been in situations where you felt that how you looked um, affected the result of the job? Because yes. it's a fact. It's an absolute fact that... If in professional sports in the worlds that I work in with the locker room banter and the, the getting on people and the ragging on guys. And the, cause if they don't talk to you, then you're garbage. Like you got to get picked on like everybody. 
and how good are you at zapping them back and like how personal can you get without getting too personal mm. you know if, if they have one thing to pick on you because they're hunters they're killers they they anything that that reminds the other people around them that they are an elite you know uh earthly organism um they're going to use that and we believe that if you look the part then we have less barriers to to nonverbal communication. It doesn't mean you got to look like any one way, but you yeah. can't. You have to look like you do what you talk about. Can I just just go just continue with the question of hiring? Um, how so? Just one thing I've really kind of learned from James Smith is that experience does not equal expertise. And you see a lot of people and they just go, "Oh, they're thirty or I'm not thirty. We say like they're fifteen. They're ten years in the field or they're fifteen or whatever, and they and they've been associated with this organization. We think that this is the perfect candidate. So like a lot of people go off their previous experience, where again that doesn't necessarily equal expertise. So that that's one question I pose to you. Like how much how much sort of stock do you put in? experience up until yes. that, that point in time and then just 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 learning to try um how then would you just then on, on in terms of their actual skill ability or their ability as a practitioner how would you say is best to judge that because another thing too is that like people hire and like they've never seen them in the trenches or they've never seen them interact do, do you think that there should be this sort of probation almost like internship period where like you at least get to see them for like three months or six months and see them at the in, an ideal, in an ideal situation yes uh, in Canada, I think I'm the only not I'm the only you know regular staff that wasn't an intern for Sam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we knew each other from when we were in the NBA together, so I do think that's the ideal. But I I mean experience is quality. It's not there's no magic number of years, and you know just because you have 20 years doesn't mean yeah, um, yeah it has to be. Now I definitely want 20 years. And a quality message and a quality skill set that that can at whatever level I'm like the least worried about that. Yeah. Again, if yeah. the person's who I want them to be, they're going to do what I want them to do. Yeah. Um, and then you just create some whatever level of autocracy. So like uh, within the next two years, you have to take these courses. Um, I would tell them that in the like, yeah. and then you know, not read their body language and stuff, and then talk about a lot of the the model. Like this is how we work together. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, like this is, how does that work? That's the correct answer. Yeah. Like you're asking yeah. a question. Um, you know, like, yeah. Instead, like, instead of being like, oh, I think I would do this and this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we did that at, we, we have a very similar system at University of so-and-so. I'm like, we're done. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm intimately familiar at uh, so-and-so where the athletic trainers think they're, what, and I wouldn't say that to the, to the person. I know, I know, I know. So, you know, and I think, um, you know, you gotta, I, I understand what it means to uh, be overqualified because, yeah, yeah. you because know, a lot of times I was in a situation um, uh, being overqualified on paper and um, I'll give you a, a personal analogy, but ultimately it's, you know, that person's always going to keep looking and keep looking and keep looking because the money isn't what it is. So it's not that, you know, it's like, yeah, it is your choice and it's my job to keep you uh, happy, but Maybe I don't, if I don't think I have the ability to keep you happy and motivated, then maybe I do bring you in, but I'm already looking for the next guy because I know you can jump. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, you know, I, when, I would, when I had an interview, it was, uh, we all, we all kind of knew it was a formality, but we had an interview for the, now it's called the G League, the NBA minor league. And uh, all the coaches had, I think 
two, uh, only two positions were really open because these guys had never coached in minor league basketball before. Everybody who coached all had their own trainers that they were going to get. Like, it was just the way it goes. That wasn't the original plan, but that's what happened. So I had to describe to a fellow named Mayfield Armstrong, uh, who was working for Health South at the time. He was probably still close and somehow working with uh, James Andrews down in Birmingham. It was the week after September 11th. I, I flew on a Thursday after September 11th. The interview was originally scheduled for the Thursday before. And one of the questions that I remember clearly was, you know, why do you want to do this? You know, uh, you know the, the base was like around 30 grand. I remember I'm like 20 some years old. Um, when you could be a physical therapist in the Northeast, you know, and, you know, getting, you know, maybe, you know, not triple, but, you know, at least double, at yeah. least double that. I said, because this is what I want to do. And I'm solvent enough. I'm not, I don't have debt from PT school. And, and this is what I want. Like, I believe this is the next best thing for me to be doing to get back to the NBA. Well, two years later, that's exactly what happened. But, but I, you know, that was his question and he was controlling, you know, like if I went in there and, you know, kicked him in the nuts, I, I wouldn't have gotten to the, gone back into the uh, NBA because I wouldn't have been in the D league mm -hmm. with Jeff Malone. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's some realities to some of the things that more people talk about, yeah. but um, you know, the, how do you know if it's the right person? Yeah. You know what? It's real cheap. It's somewhat of a cop out, but you know, you just know. Um, like, like what makes someone you know, for the, the NFL situation that I was in last year, like what made that work? Like what made that, that, that head strength coach not threatened by me? Mm. Like, okay, I had a role in that, but maybe his security from the organization and just hit, like, you can't put it into words. Yeah. So maybe a, a, also a good thing that's maybe not, not a traditional answer to how do you hire the right people? You'd be very, very quick to fire people. I don't think we're quick enough to get rid of people. So if it is a temporary kind of thing, like what you're suggesting, that's okay. But that's why the best way is interns. So we have some interns that we've never seen again because they're not the right pick. Mm. But at the right time, they were the right choice. But we, um, but I think part of that too is also as Canada basketball has grown uh, with resources, we need people in different situations. Yeah. And um, you know, we, we we feel very good that we're bringing in the right interns. But uh, but. You know, now that we have more opportunities, more of them stay. But there's a couple that you know, we would we would probably not that we made a bad choice and they were so inappropriate. They're not somebody that we we want to keep around here and not 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 and maybe just go. Like we don't have to worry about it. We just say do this, do this, do this, and uh, get it done. Get get you know get this result. Uh, final um, question for you here. Well, f final major question, and I just have one or two little little ones again, if you have time, like quick fire ones. But uh, James Smith, in his, in his book, uh, The Government Dynamics of Coaching, and just from speaking with James Well, he speaks an awful lot about an educational system for a sports preparation coach that would look very similar to medical school or law in that we would all go to, you know, to college and, and take sports preparation. So physios, strength and conditioning coaches, and he wouldn't use these titles anymore, by the way, but I'm just using this to give more reference. So physios, strength and conditioning coaches, sports scientists, the sports coach, like you, we, we would, all those titles would be gone and we would just be all called sports preparation coaches. And then after we do like our four to five years of college, like in medical school or six years, then we'd go off and specialize like medical doctors do. And the reason for that is, is then we have a common language that we can all speak. So it kind of, it would seem to fit nicely into the sort of model that you're alluding to. But like, I know this is very hypothetical and it probably won't happen 
who knows in, in terms of this being an actual third education program but would you would you like to see something like that and, and do, do you think that would be the way to go yeah i think you just buy all my dvds <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's uh yeah that's uh that that to me is sounds you know there's no holes it, it sounds you know like the correct thing uh i would position that as uh landing on on saturn mm. yeah that that's not even landing on mars like yeah, yeah. That's, that's landing on saturn so um and maybe uh james's thought is a little bit ahead of its time because uh, i can't even wrap my head around how that would happen in right. a formalized setting uh, but uh, I, I don't hate the idea. I think it's yeah. a good idea. It is just so distant. Um, and uh, I would challenge that it's required because mm -hmm. if you're the right person, then you're going to be a thought leader. Like my experiences, you ask about experience. So I got 20 years now, um, uh, uh, 20, 21 as a, an athletic trainer and 19 now as a, as a physical therapist. Um, all the stuff that I'm talking about is from failures. Mm -hmm. So I got to the same, same point. Um, and and it, it, it wasn't from good experience, it was from failures. Yeah. All the stuff that I'm talking about is from failures. So I think we can get what he's looking for, um, but, but his point is very, very well taken. Yeah. Um, and, and just like with me, he's using a sensational illustration uh, to make his point. So I, I don't have any problem with it. And the best thing that you said is like, we, like uh, we don't have job titles, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's crucial. In Canada, I'll say like, we have descriptions, you know, to, to for right. contract, you know, we can't control, you know, but, but we don't, we have a performance staff it, it, and that's it. And then, you know, we have people with different specialties and the objective SOP uh, of our program uh, dictates who go, is the primary uh, intervention leader uh, for that mini project. Uh, I can say it a lot of different yeah, ways. Yeah. So sure. uh, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I don't know. Is that what? What is a uh, what? What is it when they uh, in like uh, you hear about the old Soviet Union and whatnot, where they have like uh, they have yeah. a master of sports or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of. I heard Doctor Yesen speak like there was actual like apparently programs like that back in the day. Yeah. But uh, that's great stuff, Charlie. Uh, what, uh, what, what are you reading right now? What, what book are you reading right now? Um, Dale Carnegie for the Digital Age. Uh, it's, it's a little bit, little bit different. Um, I really want to try to find the time when I'm, in, I'm just not in any one place long enough because New York City has like the Dale Carnegie Institute where you can take the courses. Mm. And, uh, people are complaining about that course being too much. Oh, my God, like, this is some serious dope. Um, you know, for, for two, two, two day, you know, one time a week for a couple of weeks. Um, so, so, uh, that's, uh, reading that I'm going over, uh, reading for a second time, uh, allostasis and homeostasis. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, um, in, in preparation for, uh, what we thought that the flash movie was going to be about, I was reading all the flashpoint series, uh, over right. again. So, well, I never, I never actually read it the first time. So I know the story, but uh, but it doesn't look like the Flash movie is going to be that. So it's always uh, you know those books. It's one for me, one for you, and one for us both to escape. Yeah. So the uh, the one for me is the Dale Carnegie. The one for you is the allostasis homeostasis, uh, uh, which is how I, I'm learning. I'm reading something to help you when I intervene. Yeah. And then yeah. comic books will uh, will escape. So um, yeah. I love it. I, 
talk about a universal approach just uh that i can completely relate and resonate to that final one for you my friend uh we're going to dinner and you can bring five people to this dinner and they can be dead or alive who are you bringing to dinner and why so i think you've asked me this before so the first the first one is always uh vince mcmahon like okay uh, you know i just look at you know whatever like pt barnum billionaire like this is this dude, this dude has, this dude has answers. Yeah. Um, the, uh, let me think of, uh, without wasting too much time here, but I know that no, one. You're always, good. You're good. That one always, uh, that one always comes to mind. Um, the, uh, you know what? I, I, uh, I like the idea just, and then look, it's just close to the situation. You know, we look at David Stern or, or Adam Silver who succeeded him, you know, David Stern, not always the most liked, but he just sit there and smiled and like, mm. okay, that dude's got some je ne sais quoi. He's got something. That, uh, <laughs> um, uh, this is the, not everyone is sitting at the same table, so that's not going to happen. But uh, I'd like to, I'd like to one day, and I think this will happen. I, I hope to connect again um, with the commanding general from Marsoc when I was there. Okay. Um, he kind of left me, and uh, I hope one day to have a chat with him that probably won't begin in uh, in a very positive way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, I like that, though. I like that. It's, uh, he left me um, and uh, told me he wouldn't, and he did. And, uh, but everything's okay. And that, so that's the first part, but then everything's okay. And um, to, to have an opportunity to have that kind of closeness with uh, um, – you know, a commanding general of a branch of special operations in the United States military. And uh, because of my bias, the most important and the best branch of the military, the Marine Corps, uh, I'd like, I, I hope one day to, uh, to, to connect with him again. Maybe I'll wait online for an hour at a book signing or something and look him in the eye and, and be like, remember me? Yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, for, obviously I'm divorced now, but when I wasn't divorced a few years ago, I always said that if I had met him again, I would say, no, no, we're good. We're cool. Everything's cool. I just want you to apologize to my wife. And uh, you know, because of what, you know, his, his, uh, what, what that world uh, uprooted everything. But everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, it, it's, uh, but you see, maybe it's not fine if... if uh, I know. I get you. I, 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 I truly appreciate the honesty and you being so candid. I really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, there's probably, uh, you got two more. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who it would be in terms of your know, name, but it's someone like, I just love being able to get better. Like, and this is what I've gotten better at more than anything. I think is, you know, I, like I told you about that consulting call I took last night, didn't take any money. It was a, he's a kid from, uh, we went to high school together mm. and he's one of those 60, uh, um, uh, psych psychiatrists in the country that are, mm. Uh, certified by major league baseball and uh he's like i'm, I'm telling him like i said give me tell me this tell me this okay here's what you say and he's like wow you're really good at this i said yeah like like i was getting him fired up and i don't even know anything about what he's talking about i i like and 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 a lot of it is natural a lot of it is from watching professional wrestling and, and comedy but i would want to just sit with people and like they just kind of let you look behind the curtain of how you can speak and get to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And because uh, that's what everybody has to get better at. And it's not, it's like the part of the cliche is like, yeah, but you could be the smartest dude in the world. And, you know, I'm not stupid, 
but uh, uh, to be able to communicate in such a fashion. And, and uh, I think most of my failures have been from communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a plan now much better than I did before, but I'll fail again. And um, uh, if I have some tools from some of these, you know, incredible stage presence and like CEOs, like, like, uh, or even um, Obama, who, who in my ju- life- I was just about to say his name. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he, and, and you look at what he allowed people to see of him, like being silly and, and being human. And like, you know, like the, the meme that, that, is, that I use all the time. Um, now, uh, for, I don't even know enough to say, you know, about the political piece, but that dude was presidential. Yeah. And, and, and his ability to communicate, maybe people don't always like what he says, but the mm-hmm. way he said it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, that, I want that dude in charge. Yeah, you, you, can, you can disagree with the, the message, but you, you can't deny he was yeah. some man to yeah, deliver. I would, yeah, so someone like that was probably a CEO of a company or, or something like that. Uh, I, I, love, I love the... Uh, the, the folks, I don't know enough about them to say I want to have dinner with them, but the Shark Tank, I mean, uh, Cuban's the only one I know, but I like listening to them talk. I like how they look at people. Mm. I like how they, hmm, like they're, you know that they're thinking, like they're the, they're like velociraptors. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, yeah, so, but definitely Vince McMahon, you know, that was, that's always the, because he, he is everything that, yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, I don't, I don't love the things I hear about him now in terms of not being able to let go and let other people carry on his vision um, because the product is, is, is very poor because of that. But mm. I still watch. That means he did it right. He did it. Whatever he's doing is not that bad because I still watch. And I still pay $10 a month for the app. So, Sweet. Um, but yeah, the general, I like, I need to, I still need to have a, have a, have a sit down with him. Cool. Charlie, this was fantastic as always. It's it's always brilliant to catch up, um, yeah. and I really appreciate you taking the time. So I'll just wrap this up. So, oh yeah, go ahead. Maybe we have to do this one in two parts so we make sure people listen to it. Oh yeah, listen. Anyway, and like I, I'd have you on all the time just that you're so busy and you're always traveling to. But listen, anytime you ever just want to come back on, you just let me know. Uh, I'll never, I'll never ask. And uh, but I think. Uh, I don't know that I've ever uh, turned down a podcast. I know I talk with some other folks and they don't like to do them because it's like, it doesn't have a turnover for them. It doesn't have, you know, and that's nothing wrong with that. If they, yeah. they don't see a financial component to it. Um, but if, if somehow doing this is value to somebody, you know, who am I, you know, who am I to say like, no, like, it's, uh, hey, I, it's, I, it's, my, it's my show. So if they don't see value in it, they can back off. Ah, whatever, whatever, man. <laughs> All right, Char- Charlie, thanks so much. I'll just wrap up and then I'll say goodbye to you. So for everyone listening, guys, an absolutely immense episode with Charlie Weingroff. Thank you for listening. But for now, take care, be well, and stay strong. Mm-hmm.